Bomba cloud shoot upon fire, man. City for another edition of Check It Out. All right, where uh, I'm gonna be going over some of the news in the sport of boxing uh, using my main source of information, main source, uh, the boxing scene, which has been a treasure trove of uh, news and information for me. Uh, since essentially I've been a reader of uh, the website, so I got to give them they props. All right. Uh, they provide an abundance of information for me. And look, I'm going to keep it real. Kind of a slow week this week when it comes to championship level boxing. Uh, very slow week. Uh, you know, no disrespect to the fans of uh, Morris Bradis, a fighter that for a while now, I've considered one of the more underrated guys in the sport. Uh, I mean, recently, he's been switching it up a little bit, and it's been uh, a little bit of this. <laughs> All right, uh, when it comes to him trying to get fights, I uh, don't quite know what he's been doing, uh, calling out Jake Paul, dressing up like Super Mario, but I digress. Uh Marius Bradis still is a, a great fighter, uh, champion in the 200-pound division, and uh, he's going to be fighting this week. But pretty much other than that, there's not really much going on at the championship level. We'll go through the news real quick, and then I'll get into the main story of the day. The story that I put up as the lead, all right, and uh, that's Ryan Garcia. Keeping it real about Canelo Alvarez and Canelo Alvarez's uh, first title defense. I found it was pretty funny. Uh, so I'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, but yeah, let's let's get right into things here, uh, because this is a check it out. All right. And uh, first story today I'm going to go to is uh, about the fight taking place in England. It's not a championship fight, but it's the closest thing to it in the heavyweight division. I'm talking about Joe the Juggernaut Joyce. Uh, he's going to be taking on Christian Hammer. Uh, Christian Hammer, the same heavyweight fighter that went the full distance with Frank Sanchez in his last fight on short notice. They're going to be taking each other on at the OVO Arena, which is Wembley Arena. All right, that's going to be taking place July 2nd, which is a Saturday in England. And look, I don't know how you guys are feeling about this fight. Uh, I'm not really all that excited about it personally. I'm going to watch. All right. Uh, but I mean, the photos that are up there on boxing scene, it doesn't look like Joe Joyce is necessarily ripped for this one. Um, Christian Hammer's got the dad bod going on. Uh, he's never really looked ripped, at least since I've been seeing him recently as a professional fighter. Uh, but they're going to be taking each other on, all right? And, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know what the TV carrier is for this in the United States. Uh, I don't believe it has a major one. So uh, people might have to look out for the sources for this fight, but I'm not really that excited about it, to be fair. But of course, I'll be watching it. I think that Joe Joyce, who's highly ranked in the WBO, uh, number one slot, he's also highly ranked with the WBC. Uh, you know, he, he's a major player in the heavyweight division. And we've got Jason Cunningham taking on Zolani Tete. Uh, the South African on the undercard. So, look, that's going to be on BT Sport. For those of you who are interested in this one, uh, look, most of us are going to be watching if we're hardcore fans, but I, I don't know what the excitement level on this one is. Guys in the chat, help me out. Uh, you guys can rate this one uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, actually, why don't we go 0 to 10? All right, so I want to shout out JC Team Batman Boxing, Texas Gunslinger. And Jesus M. and the Dawn, salute to all of you tuning in live. And salute to everybody listening on demand because I am going to be uploading these on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and all the others. So if you're listening, make sure you give it a five star. If you're watching, give me a like, hit that subscribe button, share the vid, and all of that good stuff. All right, so look, it's Joe Joyce, it's Christian Hammer. Uh, take this for what it is. You know, it, it's an intermediate bout. You don't really expect uh, much here uh, on this one, I, I don't think, in terms of an upset. Maybe some people do. I, I don't really. All right, and if the weigh-ins are any indication of how this is going to go, uh, Christian Hammer, you know, he looks like the same Christian Hammer. Joe Joyce doesn't necessarily look like he's in his best shape, but... He's got all of the physical size advantages. All right. Other news uh, that's kind of interesting here is that, believe it or not, Boxer keeps signing more and more talent. Okay. Boxer being the promotional outfit attached to Sky, led by Ben Shalom. They have inked Liverpool star Liam Beathy Smith According to boxing scene, this comes courtesy of Random Hits. All right. Liverpool star Liam Beefy Smith aims to become a two-time world champion following the signing of a multi-fight agreement with Boxer. The former WBO super welterweight champion has forged a formidable reputation and is now on the cusp of challenging for his second world title under the Boxer and Sky Sports banners. In his career spanning almost 14 years, Smith, who hails from a famed fighting family, cleaned up the 154-pound division, winning British Commonwealth, WBA Continental, and WBO Intercontinental titles before capturing the WBO title in 2015 in a seventh-round stoppage of Apollo Thompson and making two defenses of that crown. So, Smith, uh, I saw him live at the Garden few months ago he was fighting there he fought jesse vargas jesse vargas was talking a lot before that fight didn't really back it up in the ring he promised to ko liam smith he didn't do it all right callum smith was also in attendance the now light heavyweight contender all right and you know callum smith is associated with the zone his brother has signed an agreement with Sky Sports and Boxer. 
Uh, I don't know what all of you think of his chances to win the title at 154, but 154 is a pretty, pretty competitive division. Pretty competitive division. I mean, contenders include the likes of Costa Zoo, Fundora, and obviously the champion in the division is Jermel Charlo. I mean, it's it's arguable whether we're going to see Leafy Smith or Beefy Smith, sorry, Liam Beefy Smith earning himself another title, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I interviewed him before his fight with Jesse Vargas, and he made it clear that he was interested in a Tim Zhu fight. However, Tim Zhu has made it clear recently that he's actually targeting the champion, Jermel Charlo, and uh, those guys are aligned with the PBC. I don't quite know who he's going to be getting to fight on Boxer, on Sky Sports, but it's it's definitely a, a, a bit of interesting news. I mean, what's in, most interesting to me about this is that Sky and Boxer continues to expand and continues to shell out money to fighters, not necessarily champions, but guys kind of just under that championship status level, all right, in an effort to maintain legitimacy, maintain credibility, maintain their climbing position as it relates to the sport of boxing, you still, in my opinion, have to put them behind the zone and behind Queensbury in the UK. Uh, Because as long as Tyson Fury is aligned with Queensbury, Daniel Dubois aligned with Queensbury, Joe Joyce aligned with Queensbury. Uh, Queensbury is going to be kind of leading Sky and Boxer as far as I'm concerned because they have a lot of key players in the glamour division, the heavyweight division. So I, I got to give them the lead on that one. But yeah, Liam Smith has decided to sign with the Boxer outfit with Sky Sports. And uh, we'll see how that pans out. I, I don't necessarily see him fighting for a title anytime soon. So it's going to be interesting to see who they get for him and, and and where that goes uh for Liam Smith. All right. Also interesting and keeping it at the 154 pound division is news that Danny Garcia, all right, uh thinks that this is actually a perfect time to go up to 154 pounds. So Danny Garcia He's going to be fighting Jose Benavidez Jr. here in New York City at the Barclays. I'll be attending that fight when it happens later this month in Brooklyn. He actually thinks that this is the perfect time, and this is courtesy of the reporting of Jake Donovan, all right, who writes, a new weight division to conquer was always in the cards from the moment Danny Garcia was ready to resume his career. The former lineal junior welterweight champion and WBC welterweight titleist is now set to take on the best challenges that await the junior middleweight division. His debut comes more than 19 months after his December 2020 12-round unanimous decision defeat to unified welterweight champ Errol Spence Jr., which he viewed as his last piece of business in the division. 
quote, I was the 140-pound champion. I went to 147, fought the best at the welterweight. Garcia noted during the latest installment of the PBC podcast with co-hosts Kevin Buhairi and Michael Rosenfall, quote, I felt like staying at that weight was a step back. My dream was always to be a three-division world champion. I feel like this is the perfect time for me to go up to 154. I Look, I, I, don't, I don't like his chances at 154 personally. Uh, I think that 154 is pretty stacked. All right, you got a lot of good fighters at 154. And Danny Garcia was already undersized as a welterweight, in my opinion. All right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I don't want to rule it out completely, but obviously the four belts are held by Jermel Charlo. Sebastian Fundora holds the, I believe it's the interim title with the WBC. Tim Zhu is around. Okay. We've also got Israel Madrimov. He's a pretty good fighter. Bakram Mortzat Zaliev is around, all right? So, look, as long as Jermel Charlo stays at 154, I, I think it's going to be difficult for Danny Garcia to win a title at 154, unless it's for some vacated belt. Because, look, Jermel Charlo and Errol Spence Jr., uh, you know, they, they come from the same camp. Um, obviously, Errol Spence Jr. is a southpaw, whereas Charlo's an orthodox fighter, but I, I don't really see him being able to do anything against Charlo that he was unable to do against Spence. That's, that's, that's just my opinion on it. You know, um, I think he's moved up to 154, but, I mean, does he beat an Erickson Lubin? Does he beat a Carlos Adames, who, by the way, is trained by one of my favorite trainers in the sport, Ismael Salas? Does he beat a Tony Harrison, another PBC fighter? I I mean, all of that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, it also remains to be seen whether he beats Benavides Jr., if we're going to keep it real. But he seems to think that the right time is now. All right. Um I can definitely see how he would have thought it wouldn't have been the right time when there was the likes of Erislandi Lara, Jared Hurd, you know, fighting at 154. Maybe now he sees an opening. I don't know what you guys think. I think that it's still going to be quite an uphill climb for him to win a title at 154. I think I think it's still quite a bit of an uphill climb. All right. Golovkin continues to throw shade onto the next topic here towards Canelo. Unsurprisingly, you know, I mentioned this earlier. I was at the press conference this week. I saw them face off. It was quite antagonistic, a little bit tense. And uh, they didn't really have many good things to say about each other. All right. And uh, this is in the uh, reporting of Sean Nam at the boxing scene. And this is Golovkin being quoted here. Quote, I've had champions as my opponents. I've had mandatory challengers. Golovkin told a group of reporters at a press conference Monday afternoon in Manhattan. 
I wouldn't say Canelo is the best. He's a top opponent. Of course, he's a very difficult opponent. But as you can see, he loses. Unquote. He went on to instead reserve his highest praise for opponents he met during his amateur career. A standout amateur, Golovkin supposedly finished his stint in the unpaid ranks with a 354-5 to record. Quote, I'm talking about the number of amateur boxers in my career who did not turn professional, Golovkin said. Quote, their boxing skills and strategy in boxing was paramount. I took them like three rounds to figure you out and fight the strategy against you. That leaves you no chance to win. Unquote. Golovkin, uh, while he has a loss to Alvarez, the Kazakh has never accepted that the truly that he truly lost the second fight. Golovkin has called people who think otherwise delusional. He has also been adamant that the first fight should not have been ruled a draw, a sentiment wildly accepted by the public. So, you know, what can I say? Um, When a guy has to go to his amateur record to kind of diminish the accomplishment of a guy that's considered to be his best opponent in the paid ranks, uh, I mean, he's kind of fishing as far as I'm concerned. I don't I don't think anyone out there who's being reasonable, level-headed, objective is going to make the argument that Canelo isn't the best opponent that Triple G has faced. Because he obviously is. Right? I mean, you you look at Golovkin's career as a professional with all due respect to Matthew Macklin with all due respect to Gabriel Rosado, with all due respect to David Lemieux, Daniel Jacobs, all of these guys, Canelo's clearly a much better boxer. Uh, And the fact that Golovkin won't admit that really just shows you the level of bad blood that exists between these guys ahead of this trilogy fight. All right. Um, it, it, It really does. It really does. So, you know, uh, there's clearly bad blood here, and it's extended to the fact that, I mean, he won't even acknowledge him as his best opponent. I mean, which then kind of begs the question, I mean, why are you fighting him then? You felt you won both times? I I guess the obvious answer to that is to collect the undisputed middleweight championship of the world, right? And payday, he won payday! Payday! Uh, so there's that too, but I mean, just give the guy his credit. I mean, he's obviously a great fighter. He's obviously the best fighter you've ever fought. So, I mean, to, to make the argument that he's less than is, is, is funny. All right. It's funny. So look, uh, in other news, Usyk all right, uh, has made some comments about the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. 
Fury said he won't fight me because I'm not on his level. He's afraid. IBF, IBO, WBA, WBO heavyweight champion Alexander Usyk is surprised by the recent statements from WBC champ Tyson Fury, who firmly believes they are levels apart in skill. Fury saw action in April when he knocked out Dillian White in six rounds at London's Wembley Stadium. Afterwards, Fury vowed to retire from the sport. In a recent interview, the Gypsy King indicated that he was willing to fight again if he receives $500 million. I believe the actual quote was half a billy. Most observers believe Fury will return for one more fight against the winner of Usyk's rematch with Anthony Joshua on August 20 in Saudi Arabia. Usyk, an Olympic gold medal winner, became the undisputed world champion at cruiserweight in 2018. In his third fight at heavyweight last September, Usyk outboxed Joshua over 12 rounds to capture the unified crown at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I would add he nearly stopped AJ, which was my prediction, actually. I would actually add that he actually nearly stopped AJ. But if you you were listening to yesterday's Check It Out, AJ actually said he thought he was looking like Muhammad Ali in the ring, right? So Usyk is aiming to once again beat Joshua and then face Fury for the WBC title. Quote, with the help of God, it would happen, Usyk told IFL TV. Quote, Tyson says that he doesn't want to box me, fight me because I'm not on his level. That's because he's afraid of me. He's probably kidding about wanting 500 million to fight again. 500 million, who would give him 500 million? I also want 500 million and what? So look, uh, I interviewed Eddie Hearn. Hearn firmly believes that Joshua will definitely come back. Sorry, that Fury will definitely come back for a fight against Joshua. He's not so convinced about him taking on Alexander Usyk. You know, uh, he mentioned kind of his tricky southpaw style, which, you know, people oftentimes mention when they're talking about Usyk. High-level guy. Fought as a heavyweight as an amateur, but let's remember that heavyweight boxing that amateurs goes up to 200 pounds, 91 kilograms. So heavyweight amateur boxing is essentially cruiserweight boxing. But he has filled out into a full-fledged professional heavyweight He took everything that Derek Chisora tried to throw at him, the whole kitchen sink, he did that. And he also took on AJ, a super, super heavyweight, and nearly stopped him in AJ's home country. Um, I don't particularly see any reason why Usyk, uh, well, sorry, why the Gypsy King should be afraid of Usyk. Um, But, uh, you know, he likes to talk, which is one of the reasons those who like the Gypsy King, me included, think that he's a valuable contributing member of the sport of boxing, not just because of what he does in the ring, but because of what he does out of the ring. Slight tendencies going back to the story about Joe Joyce says he feels bad for Joe Joyce. People are acting like he chose Hammer when Joe Parker pulled out at the 11th hour. Absolutely. And salute to Christian Hammer, by the way, because he shows up, you know, on, on, as a replacement po- opponent. Um, you know, literally, he, he's a professional journeyman. 
He showed up against Frank Martin. He showed up now to take on Joe Joyce at Wembley Arena in London. Slide tendencies, you had that. I really think Fury is waiting for the winner. He always talks crazy. Absolutely. That's what I think as well. That's absolutely what I think as well. So look, uh, the last thing uh, that I want to go for before we we head over to the, the lead topic of the day is uh, I talked a little bit about the fact that Maris Bradis is fighting this weekend. He's, uh, you know, probably the most high-profile world champion-level fighter fighting this weekend. All right, and uh, he weighed in uh, at 199, all right? Uh, His opponent, Opetaya, a New Zealander, uh, weighed in at 198.4. They're fighting in Australia at the Gold Coast suburb of Broad Beach, Australia. Opetai is 21-0, 17 KOs. Uh, so he's got a professional background, winning track, but he obviously has never fought on this level. The good news is, I got to ding the bell for this. It's going to be on ESPN. And those of you who want to watch it can access it using the ESPN Plus app. So for the hardcore heads out there, that's something to be happy about. We do get to watch this fight on ESPN Plus. All right. And uh should be interesting. All right, uh, I'm 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 a fan of Mars Bradis in the ring. Not so much of a fan of the uh, clown stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, that that stuff. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't quite know what he's doing with it. It clearly didn't work to get him a, a fight with <laughs> Jake Paul, which was ridiculous. That a world champion fighter is calling out a guy with at that time I believe had like four wins under his belt against non-boxers uh, and then you know he's he's dressed up as super mario to meet lawrence acoli that that was uh i mean I, I already said what i thought that was all right so look and then the lead guys uh the main topic of discussion for today is uh look i gotta keep it real on this one Ryan Garcia is actually talking facts here. I, I, if somebody said, yo, Maestro, Ryan Garcia and Canelo are going to be going back and forth and, you know, Canelo's going to, going to say some stuff and and then Ryan's going to clap back and Ryan's going to kind of drop the mic and dead the discussion. I would have been like, you tripping. What? But Ryan Garcia actually did that. Okay. Uh, And honestly, Canelo kind of opened himself up for it by talking about his first world title and what he was able to accomplish by a certain age and that Garcia hasn't done the same thing. So Ryan Garcia, I can pick a Matthew, I can't pick a Matthew Madden to become a world champion like Canelo did. This is courtesy of Manuk Akopian, Canelo Alvarez and Ryan Garcia are both preparing for big fights, but the back and forth beef between the boxers seems to continue and the bromance they once had appears to be no more. 
After Alvarez learned that Garcia picked Gennady Golovkin to beat him in their September 17 trilogy, Alvarez blasted Garcia and said he was ungrateful. Has accomplished nothing throughout his six-year career, claimed that he owed former trainer Eddie Reynoso money and that he wouldn't beat Javante Davis if they were to fight. Alvarez also took a shot at the 24-year-old Garcia's credentials and pointed out that he was a champion by the age of 20 when he beat Matthew Haddon via unanimous decision for a vacant WBC super welterweight title in 2011. During a training session this week at Ten Goosen Gym in Van Nuys, California, Garcia told Ellie Secback of ES News in an interview that his road to a world title is not as simple as it was for Alvarez. And guys, you'll remember, right, that not only was it for a vacant title, but Canelo actually fought at a catch weight in that fight as well. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's also that aspect of it too, you know. And look, I, I, I would have never necessarily sided with, with Garcia on this, but he is making this a salient point here. And this is what he's quoted as saying. It may have been true that Alvarez was a world champion at age of 20, but everybody's journey is different. He fought for a vacant title against Matthew Haddon. That's just the truth. I just have a lot of good people in my division. I can't pick a Matthew Haddon and become a champion. I have to fight great fighters. It is what it is. I don't mind that he fought Matthew Haddon. I'm just saying you see the level. When I get my first chance, most likely it will be against Javonta Davis. Now you tell me what's worth more. He went on to say, quote, well, here's the thing. People keep twisting it like I picked uh, Triple G after he said that comment about me. They keep on trying to pit us together, putting us against each other. I just gave my opinion on what I believe that Triple G will can win uh, th- th- this fight. I just felt that he would have the performance of a lifetime. I feel Canelo is in a good place, but again, I'm not going to speak any more on it. I don't feel like I should be bashed for speaking my own opinion, my truth. He took it personally because what he said was just comical. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, I'm not necessarily siding with, with Ryan, and I'm going to read out my father is Batman here. He says, weird to me how many people Siding with Ryan, a little Canelo hate. Ryan is not 20, and even compared with his peers, he is, like, far behind. Yeah, look, there's truth to that, all right? Uh, The issue here is that Canelo was citing his first win against Matthew Macklin. And, um, yeah, I mean, we tend to forget that Canelo took a lot of criticism for that win. And remember, there used to be something called the Canelo weight, all right? Uh, but yeah, there's obviously no comparison between these two guys in terms of their careers. All right. The issue was that Canelo was just bringing up his first fight. And look, at the end of the day, uh, I think that the way Ryan Garcia just handled that was was spot on. All right. He's like, look, I'm not talking about this anymore. But at the end of the day, we're also talking about Matthew Macklin here for a vacant title. All right. And when you look at the landscape of the 154-pound division, all right, or sorry, the 135-pound division, 154 was where Canelo won his first world title. 
when you look at the landscape of the 135 pound division, I mean, it is pretty stacked. It's clearly one of the most competitive divisions in the sport. And when you look at the names that are there, it becomes very apparent. And yeah, like he will le- definitely have to fight someone legit if he is to win a world title as a lightweight. Because the guys that are there are, are legit dudes. Right? We're talking about Devin Haney, Devin Haney, Devin Haney, Devin Haney for all the le- legit titles. All right? And then we got... Javante Davis for a secondary title. So even if you take on the secondary champion for a title, it is still like a, 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 a tough out. Regardless of whether you want to give Javante Davis credit for the title that he holds, the fact is beating him is, is still a tough out for anyone in the lightweight division. I think that that's fair. All right. I think that that's fair. So there you have it. All right. That is uh, the rundown, okay, of the boxing scene, all right? That's me checking out the boxing scene, all right? I encourage all of you to go check it out yourselves, all right? Uh, There should be some more news popping up there later this afternoon. There usually is, all right? I'm going to be back for a punchlines very soon, and I'm adding another element to the rotation called champion boxing and i'm gonna be uh throwing that up likely tomorrow so check out the channel make sure you hit that like button hit that subscribe button and all of that good stuff all right because i want you all to be aware when i go live for these check it outs punchlines All right. Like I said, champion boxing. And of course, Mano a Mano Live Mondays with my brother, Kenny T. So that's it, everyone. Uh, Enjoy your rest of your Friday, your weekend. That is it. I'll see all you guys later. All right. You guys take care. That's it from Maestro. Check it out. Check it out.